0: When historians will look back on this game, they will all agree that it happened. That was a fantastic performance by the LA Kings. Thank you everyone that joined us. We have a great guest tonight. It's Marco D'Amico. You can see him right now. He is live. He is my colleague at Montreal Hockey Now. You can hear him on TSN 690 and other platforms. We'll get into that in a minute. Before we start, I am Marc Dumont and I want to thank everybody for showing up like just I feel like this is I should have free coupons for something or other and give them to you right now because that was a rough game and I don't know if if, if the government would have paid me seven million dollars if I'd watch it again that's how bad that was so we're gonna get into it we're gonna talk about all sorts of fun stuff as per usual the chat's the most important part so thank you all for joining us and if you have any questions put them in the chat Marco will answer them don't forget to hit subscribe and like all the other stuff that every single YouTuber will ever say. And uh, for now, I do want to say you are all the MVPs. The fact that we got 40 people live right now, that's just blowing my mind. So uh, as Samuel Aties mentions in the chat, blank 4-0 by the Los Angeles Kings, not the greatest outing. Marco Demico, my buddy, how's it going? It's been better. <laughs> it's definitely been better. I. Who are you? Who are you? Jonathan Kovacevic? Is that it? It's been better?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, steady Jonathan Kovacevic. At least someone's got to be
0: steady. (laughs) It's not... uh, Yeah, and the worst part is guys like him and Matheson who I was like, man, they're being so reliable. They're having a hard time out there. Matheson's playing better, but let's get your, your impressions of the game tonight because... I remember once, and I'm going to tell a quick story. I was going into court to fight. Uh, It turns out the city of Ottawa had suspended my license. And what happened is I had a speeding ticket that um, never got to me. They sent it to the wrong address. So it was like literally the first day I got my car, uh, Acura TL. I'm booming down the highway. Not the new ones, the older ones. I pass a police officer because I'm smart like that, right? Yeah, on the Queensway. And... (laughs) um, so I'm going maybe like 135, um, okay, fair enough. I, I get it. It was the first and last time I, I ever got caught for speeding. And uh, about a year later, I get a, I get a notice from my neighbor and he's like, oh yeah, the city of Ottawa sent this to you. So my license was suspended and they're telling me come to the court. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, I'll do that. And I went at about eight in the morning. It was one of those classic minus 40 nights, uh, 40 mornings. I'm in my suit, looking good. I got a nice big coffee as I'm walking into City Hall, slip on ice, pour the entire coffee onto my, like scalding coffee onto my face. But because it was minus 40, it instantly froze all over me. (laughs) Okay. And that was less terrible than what we just saw from the Montreal Canadiens is what I'm trying to get at. That was a lot less embarrassing than the effort. How do you think Martin St-Louis is feeling right now, Marco?
1: Rage. Unbridled rage and I don't I mean I don't blame him to a degree but at at the same time with the injuries that they've had the roster that was put together Mm -hmm. what did like I expected effort sure but in terms of talent versus talent in terms of physical play versus the type of team they are right now what did you expect that's I don't think it's a question of Jake Allen sucks I think it's a question of I'm sorry. This is not a team that can keep up against the top teams in the league. Sure, they're going to look right nice right out of the gate. Young teams look good right out of the gate because mm-hmm. the first 10 to 15 games don't mean much to veterans. But when the wheels get going and the greasing is done, that's when the big boys come to play. And L.A., big boy this yep. season. They've made the trades. They're they're. I mean, even they started off really slow uh or relatively slow and now they've taken off uh you see like to me like that's a team for all those people that are afraid of the canadians not going after stars that's a team that doesn't have any stars and it's they're gonna bulldoze you my (laughs) only problem with them is is a net but that didn't seem to be a problem tonight (laughs) for for phoenix Copley. yeah eventually (laughs) like this is gonna be a problem so like i when you when you when you want to build out a team like that, you want to be a competitive team. You're going to need some some firepower. Canadians have no firepower right now.
0: Yeah, and I think you're you're bringing up a good point because those last two wins against Anaheim and um, San Jose, listen, they were fun, but the the discrepancy in talent was clearly obvious today when we're seeing. The Habs face a team that actually has some, some length of depth. And as, listen, K. Francis says in the chat, Jake Allen sucks. Listen, tonight he sucked. I'll say that. I'll say it freely. But as Trizak mentions right there, how dare Jake Allen not score a goal? You can never blame your goaltender when you lose 4-0. And it's not even that the Habs had no goals. They had very few chances, right? So tonight was a reality check, as Marco mentions there, that the Montreal Canadiens mm. just aren't quite there yet now you say no stars but uh, they just signed a guy for seven and a half million a year uh isn't that eight. uh oh it's eight it's well got eight eight and a half eight and a half million Woo! good for them and uh good for my for finally getting his guy
1: but, like <laughs> uh, Anze kopitar is no longer a star um although you, you see, know what marco uh, maybe this trevor moore actually, is Marco's 28
0: years old so i don't know about one day kopitar's, kopitar's playing like a star this year though like to uh, a uh, still
1: like quite he's he's a point per game. I think uh, we have to see what the point total is now, but like Kevin Fiala to me is the star. (laughs) Like Kevin Fiala, if you're going to approach a star, he was a star. And that was a player that was acquired. Why? By a trade RFA to a team that had a boatload of cap space, a boatload of assets and a first round pick to blow. Like those are the kinds, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fans, like that's what you're kind of waiting for on top of them continuing to stockpile and trade for assets. yes, it's not going to be pretty, but do we remember what the LA Kings looked like between like 2017 and it was 2021? terrible. They
0: were there, They had uh, terrible. they had Kopitar. That was like basically it there. right? Kopitar
1: and Doughty and Doughty was nothing to write home about then either. Mm-hmm. You know, so, y- so you weren't dealing from a position of strength either.
0: So you're saying this is a bit of a blueprint then for the kids. Listen, we've talked about the issue with the halves with the stars. I've mentioned that Vegas went ahead and did just grab their stars like that. Now, Okay, not every team's getting rid of a Mark Stone for like half a Toblerone or whatever the Sens got back from him. And Jack Eichel's no longer in his prime. But when I mention Vegas, I'm also kind of ignoring that they got to start fresh, right? Which is not the case with any team. So do you really feel that Los Angeles is the better model for, for the Montreal Canadiens right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the better model today because the cap has been flat for three, four years. Right. Like as the cap goes up, things are going to change. Now, will salaries go up to the same percentage point as the salary cap itself? Right. Because we're going to see a 5% increase at least over the next three to four years because they've just made bank and they've caught up to all the escrow that they paid lost. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then if there's expansion in those three to four years, well, then it might the percentage point might increase. We're going to be talking about six, seven percent because they're allowed in an expansion year to increase that does much. expansion
0: so, count towards the um the not the what's the what's the term for the money that they they use um
1: oh uh, the, the gross revenue of the league
0: yeah does that does expansion count related
1: revenue it's yes. hrr yeah
0: yeah okay hrr yes yes, yes. does it count does expansion it does not ah
1: it does not that's why the owners
0: but, love it eh but
1: it's extra revenue from ticket sales once that team comes in it's okay. tv deals that get renegotiated after the fact that expand because you have new markets that they're looking to get into. Like if they go to Salt Lake or, and I'm sorry for saying this, the the Atlanta market for a third time, <laughs> you're opening up to undervalued markets that would like hockey and don't have hockey, even though, yes, there is a market not too far from us that would probably enjoy the team Sudbury, as well. Sudbury, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> great hockey town. I love the Wolves, though. Um, Michael Pizzetta alumni. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. It's just, like, you. to me, when you look at the way that the Kings are built out, they're built out in a way that's sustainable. I mean, uh, they're right now they're right up against the cap, but next year Anze Kopitar is taking a pay cut, uh, so that's going to give them space. Uh, they're going to have the ability, um, you know, to be able to come up with an idea of what they want to do with their forward group because defensively Brad Clark is still playing in for the Ontario Reign, right? Like this is probably going to be a top pair of defensemen for them down the line, but he's, pay, he's, he's, he's a, game, he's a point per game. He's
0: a point per game in the AHL he's as a monster. As, is monster. he, is he 20 yet? Did he turn 20 either way? He's young.
1: No, but he, it's his draft plus two seasons, so I'm, I'm he's getting there. <laughs> he's yeah, basically I where know.
0: Florian Jacki is in terms of like overall age. There, you know, so yeah, okay.
1: I think he's a, I think he's a year older.
0: Yeah, yeah, but in terms, it's like it's we're talking about months here, not a year and a half. There, you know, so oh, I don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, i I I don't remember exactly the month, but again, like their top, arguably, I I think to they're yeah. top prospect, and he's still not there yet. And, you know, imagine when he jumps in. Uh, you know, we had Jordan Spence playing today. Like, magic like when all these their defense starts to piece together, they're they can move out some guys, extra salary to go and get even, you know, maybe get that final upgrade, upgrade in net, and then you're gone. You're going. You're
0: you're going for it. And, and I love that so, the, the the getting the goalie at the end to me is 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 a great strategy. That one that the Canadians might want to. It is the way.
1: <laughs> unless unless you luck out like Tampa Bay. And you get the Vesna, The one. With That's a worth the money. First yeah. First round pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that makes sense. But like, unless someone like that comes or fallen, we'll grab I them. don't see the point.
0: So, and we're going to get into it. If you have any questions about trades, listen, I'm not going to trade all the goalies tonight. Everyone always says that I trade the goalies. I'm actually going to defend Jake Allen tonight. Again, you never blame a goalie when they get uh when, when the team can't score, but we're going to talk about potential trades in a little bit. Um, one of the interesting things that you bring up, Marco, and I'm wondering if the Canadians will be able to do this, is, okay, so Brent Clark next year, it's not just that he's going to have value. He's going to count for a million on the cap. Now, I don't know how his bonus is. It might go up to $3 million, but regardless, we're talking about a guy who's going to bring great value on his entry-level contract. Are the Habs going to be able to capitalize, you think, on their on their guys coming up? Like, they're going to burn Slavkovsky's entry. That's fine. That The development's happening in the NHL. Whether we like it or not, it's happening. And he's looking good recently. But guys like Meshaw, guys like Beck, uh, guys like Lane Hudson, guys like Jacob Fowler, it almost feels like the Canes will actually have an opportunity to be good and also have guys on their ELC.
1: Well, and I guess this is why I, I,
0: I don't kind of get,
1: I don't watch this team and think, you know, the sky is falling. This reminds me very much of where the New Jersey Devils were at the start of their rebuild. Like people thought that they were going to bounce back within year three or four. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think this is, I think this is 2025 at the earliest that we're starting to talk about turnaround Mm. because they're lacking that many pieces, but they're going to be by by, by, by no fault of their own. Like they're going to be a bottom 10 team, if not worse this season. And that will bring in its own situation. Will they get a top 10 pick? Will they trade the top 10 pick? Will they draft another player? you continue to add these players. And I think every single Canadians fans agrees. You can think what you want about all of the players that they've selected so far, but at a certain point in time, they're going to get it right. That's if you're the most pessimistic Canadians fan, at least you can agree with that. At one point they're going to look out
0: Absolutely. because
1: you can't miss on all of those top five picks. Like even the New York Rangers, whom everybody will look at as a means to discrediting Nick Bobrov, still got it right on certain first round picks. Like you, Condre Miller is a stud. You can't say anything to that. I mean, Alexis Lafreniere is turning it around right now. But again, like those were one is a no brainer. The other one they traded up for and everybody was confused. So uh, to me, you got to acquire the assets. You got to stockpile the biggest issue in this Canadians franchise for the last 20 years, other than having a star player is the patch job because they didn't have a star player because they traded Assets. The moment they had them available to try and patch, and I mean, you look at the Sergeyev trade. That's exactly what it. I was is. thinking
0: Alex Tangay actually for some reason that came. Alex Tangay trade. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, various, I know I'm going a back. Late, a late
1: first round. <laughs> yeah, and it was great. Signed Alex. Yeah. T- yeah, yeah. Had they re-signed Alex tangy that would have been a great trade. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the way everything fell apart. But if, if on paper, like I remember, I was in Italy during that trade, and I thought damn Ganey that one okay and then I think Robert Lang was also acquired shortly after and just yeah. like Second okay round like, pick, I see yeah. where you going yeah, yeah. Grabowski. um oh is
0: that is that where it ended up being yeah okay. it's the
1: Grabowski trade yeah so, you know what Robert Lang me, was
0: great until I think his, his ligament injured. got torn or yeah,
1: exactly he was like the top center
0: it was great but it, it, it just goes to
1: show you like you get to a point where you can make those kinds of moves and I feel like the Canadians in 08 because they had that strong season felt Okay, here yeah, we are. That? Let's add. Because price was coming in, looked really good. Uh Kovalev hit above point per game first time in till since like the late nineties. Only time in Maybe Price's Price's
0: right? career that he had a guy I know at, of above. <laughs> Pour one out for her her.
1: I'm gonna have to go downstairs and get the hard stuff. Oh my god!
0: Okay, well, you know, you you talk about this getting stockpiling. Hey, man, Los Angeles didn't have the best drafts, right? We're talking about okay. Byfield is coming into his own, and that's probably a pretty good. And and Clark was okay. Alex Turcott. Turcott is is he gonna be any? Like I remember he went before Caulfield, right? He went like top five, didn't he? Five. Um Rasmus Kupari, I believe, the year before that. Twenty.
1: That was the pick that the Kings wanted to send to Montreal for Max Pacioretty.
0: Oh, you know what? So, like, Marc Benjavin fell as backwards into a great trade there, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. And Gabe Velarde... wasn't
1: in a first-round pick, would not have done it.
0: And Gabe Velarde was a... Gabe pretty... Velarde...
1: But he's the that kind of guy you can go get on scouting... the trade market, right? Like, is that... I don't think it's a scouting error. I don't think it's a scouting error. No. I think that is just dumb luck.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a That's got, just hell. He's a guy, yeah, and he's a guy who who, you know, almost went top ten. It, there really is a huge drop-off in terms of what you can expect at that point, right? Mm. Like that that's it. Um oh Trizek mentions wasn't Lang injured in the cursed Barber shop pole jersey game. I don't know if it was that exact game, but I do remember I him think so. when I picture Lang, I and you know what? I have that jersey somewhere. I like ugly jerseys. Like, I have the Team Canada 1927, Winnipeg Falcons, like Mustard. Even Mustard would be like, that's ugly. Ew. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, no. I know, Ew. but I, I love those type of jerseys. And the barber pole looks good in person. Mais musique, c'est laid on the ice. It just, like, that's the one time I'll give, what's his name there, um, the weirdo that calls games for Boston. uh oh mark edwards yes no no mark edwards is scouting for jack oh, edwards. yeah jack edwards yeah sorry Jim. Mark, he was- <laughs> sorry mark sorry <laughs> yeah no
1: yeah jack my edwards. bad.
0: we respect you mark uh that was the um the time where he's like uh, geez they look like they're from a uh, incarceration unit and yeah it was uh <laughs> it was not breaking that's that's what i remember lying in when i picture him is in that jersey but he got traded for a second round pick uh Tanguy was that first and and you you bring a good point when the time is ready to go that's when you make your move and that's which brings us to, oh yeah, and other things happened tonight. But let's be honest, Slavkovsky was okay. That's about it offensively. Uh, how are you how are you feeling with well, Caulfield and Slavkovsky on that second line?
1: I, I like seeing talent with talent.
0: It's a it's a
1: novelty, right? It's crazy. <laughs> but all <Cool> um, <laughs> right, it just to me, there is a very strong dichotomy with how this forward lineup is built. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of plugs. And then there is talented youth that you're trying mm-hmm. to develop. Some of this talented youth is being put in a position to succeed. Some of this is Yelonen. Yeah. They, the rest are Yolonin. Yeah. Yeah. has been, <laughs> is, is, is a case study in and of itself, but the way in which Yuri Slavkovsky is used up until last week was confusing. Now you're starting to see. Okay, he's starting to get his rhythm. He's starting to find players. He's starting to, to move. And I understand a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, you expect that from a first overall pick.
0: We have to forget that I he's agree. first overall. Let's just keep that out of our heads, right? It doesn't I, but, matter but anymore. But I agree. I
1: But I agree with them. You, I you do would expect that. But, I do too. But yeah. the thing is, is that when you bring in a player like that, and, like, I don't put this on him, but the Mar- Martin Saint-Louis has been playing both sides of the medal, unfortunately, this season. And there are, there are games where I see him desperately trying to win the game at all costs. And that comes at the cost of development in my mind. Yeah. Uh, You don't have to put Caulfield out, Caulfield and Suzuki out, for example, uh, literally every second shift in overtime. When you never used to do that before, right in
0: 2022,
1: when he came on, Jordan Harris played an OT in his first game.
0: For, yeah, right off the... It was Harris and, like, what, what Right was off the bat. It was, like, I remember the average age was it under, was Harris, under 21 there. Yeah, or, or yeah, exactly. It was... That was exciting. For the and, Habs? And
1: man. not a problem. Nope. The Canadians acquired Justin Barron and he was in overtime, the first chance he got. But Uri Slavkovsky, the first overall pick in one of the, what is probably the weakest... The best yeah chance to show any form of skill on the planet wow. the most open amount of ice and you have this behemoth who can skate and shoot and pass and you're not going to try him even though he's showing good things and i feel like when we finally saw him in overtime yesterday it was like that was, okay oh here wow. we are yeah yeah it's about time but that the fact great. that we that the fact that we're thinking that as this team is supposed to rebuild really makes you what kind of wonder like is there a disconnect there, well there somewhere has to be there has to be
0: Marco, he's, I, I get the sense that a lot of the decisions that are being made for the lineup are coming from up top. Okay, last year with Dadunov keeping him in the top six uh, and all the other you know guys like Hoffman or whatnot. This year, and even Farrell at the end of the year, you can see Martin Louis did not want him in the lineup. And it's not a matter of, of him hating the kid. It's just, I understand they wanted to burn a year in his contract. They were doing the Charlie Lindgren thing. But when Martin Louis they asked him, like, why is he in your lineup? And he said, you're going to have to ask Kent Hughes. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, indication that he's not um, perfectly aligned with what Ken Hughes is doing. And I get it, because Ken Hughes is building for the future. And like you said, Martin St-Louis has to play that, that development slash I don't want to get fired right. game. Right? Well,
1: well, with Farrell, and, I, and I, I, I remember that comment, and I remember mentioning it like, okay there, Marty, but like... They had no choice. The CBA literally says that if he signs and burns the first year of his ELC, he has to play in the NHL. So, like, are you really going to sit a guy when you're already bottom five? Are you really going to sit
0: a guy? Yeah, I know, I know. But from a coaching perspective, I get it. And and also, I'll say this, and it's funny because usually I'm the one that's critical about Martin Saint-Louis, but I get why he was always benching Stavkovsky, right? Uh, You know, for let's be perfectly honest, until about two weeks ago, I don't think I would have trusted Slavkovsky either if I wanted to win. Now, but if I'm in a position where I have no choice, then obviously things change. And you're right. That's such a great situation for him to actually have open ice and a few extra seconds. But I get where Marte St-Louis is coming from with his hesitancy to go all in on the development. But you're right. There has to be some sort of conversation with him and the GM and be like, hey, like, what are we doing here? But at, at his heart, Salou is a competitor. We all know this. He's going to, like I tonight, I, I bet you he reamed them out harder than he has ever before. Sure.
1: Sure. I, and I get that. But like, for example, you look at the Chicago Blackhawks and the way Luke Richardson is handling that young team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Reichel is not having the most breakout rookie season you could possibly imagine. Doesn't mean they're not trying him out with Conor Bedard on the top line every so often. Well, right? is, like, there who are, else
0: is there left, like,
1: well, I mean, yeah, now I'm just saying like, yeah, like no, before enough. everybody, before everybody got injured or left the team, you or know, just, just
0: mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: Like there was a time where there were options.
0: There was Athanasiu. There's there even, hard. I think Taylor Radish started on the top line this year. And anyway, yeah,
1: Taylor Radish was playing on the top line too. Like <laughs> Athanasiu was getting shots there. Like it's just, you know, you, you give them the opportunity. Heck, uh, you know, Andre not ha, did not have Logan Cooley on the top line until earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, they're trying to get him going because he's got one point, I think, in his last five or six games.
0: Is it? Yeah, because I you know? saw people so, like, getting critical about him. But he, I thought he still had a pretty good, like, output overall in this. Well, season. he had a very strong first 10
1: games. Yeah. Uh, and again like it's not like he's overly hurting the team okay I think yeah team two general, goals 10 assists
0: very... in 19 games and if he hasn't scored in five yeah, like, it's around. an excellent with a young guy rookie though, with a young guy you start going five games without a point and then when's the last time logan cooley went five games without a, without a point has he ever in his life
1: well in the nhl
0: no no but like just in his, oh, life, in his like, life oh i doubt it i honestly not, doubt not it
1: since i've been following him no so you're I mean, right there, you
0: have to you have to try to get him going yeah no, no choice with that so
1: I, I get that, but at the at the same time, like, is Arizona really trying to like be competitive here? They're they're right there in the playoff race, so like, yeah, what are we doing? Right? So you can so, balance like, both, is you, what
0: you're saying? Yeah, there needs to be uh, there.
1: Yeah, can,
0: I, I... go ahead. But you
1: can, but it, <laughs> it depends. It really, really depends. Like this is where I even I get confused. Like you can look at San Jose. San Jose is a terrible team terrible
0: oh my god and that lineup did you look at the prospect, lineup did you take a minute no, to actually no, no, like no. i i, did. I, I did. had to google the defense i'm like no fucking way this is a real guy like this <laughs> this is a name of a guy yes. that was generated by like a sony hockey game that doesn't have the rights you know like no, it's the it was,
1: uh, ea gm mode uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah like, come up with in the
0: draft. <laughs> philip mcgillney like yeah it was yeah
1: it's just they have that yet thomas bordelow is playing with the barracuda and could easily be in the NHL right now. Right. So like they see, like you see how the difference is like, they could just throw him to the wolves right now. Like they're doing with William Eklund, but Eklund mm-hmm. was ready, has been playing with pros longer to understand the game. Bortolo could play on that, t- on that team. I yeah. think you could see very, very easily, but is it really going to be beneficial for him? Do they necessarily want to rush that? these are the questions so like when for example when we talk about montreal we're talking about slavkovsky in the nhl yeah joshua what could very well be in the nhl right now he'd He'd make the habs better
0: immediately he would make them a better team instantly yes But but as we speak he's going through a pretty deep Street. This is what this is uh what five five games without with one point I think that he's hit right now or is he uh I, I think
1: he's gone I think he has one goal in his last twelve games.
0: Which for Roy is is, is very bad. It's insane. But but again, totally normal. And what two weeks ago, I think like I was like I was one of the only guys I was saying Roy needs to stay in the AHL and the Tomat there that it was like the Tomatina there. I was just getting massacred online, like, why do you hate Joshua Roy? Well we're seeing it now, right? Development takes a long time. I you must
1: always be weary of hard hot starts. Always always. Yeah. Always because you want to see what a prospect is like. Go look at him in January. Yeah, mid February and that like that shitty the just, yeah. dog days of, of hockey, that's when you know. Like I want to see your Eyeslavkowski in January because last year his issue was conditioning. That's what he worked on this summer. Yeah. The worst thing that could have happened to Uruslavkovsky's development, in my opinion, is not starting the season in Montreal. It was getting injured before everybody else got injured last season, and he didn't get those opportunities that Alex Belzil and Raphael Harvey Bernard <laughs> were getting. that is the biggest travesty, in my opinion, You're right. the biggest bad luck moment that you could get. Because right now he would probably True. be a much better player. Not, not, no, nothing against it. He could probably still get to that point. But man, that would have been great development time because there were no expectations.
0: Yeah. No, same
1: applies to same applies to guys like Farrell right now. The only player I would think in the entire organization that needed a call up, Pronto, got his call up, and that's Jaden Struble,
0: who who again tonight mm. did not look out of place. And I think that's all we're really oh. looking for with Jaden Struble at this point right now. There's some people right away, and I love Montreal um, for this. Oh, by the way, we're gonna get to the chat. Trinka and Leon and Ted and Trzak are coming up with good questions, but. Did you see people immediately trading away, like faster than I do in these chats, trading away Arbor Jackey like three shifts into Struble's career?
1: <laughs> Look, do I think it's a fantastic problem to have? Absolutely. Do I think that a left-handed shot defenseman is going to be traded this between now and this offseason? Look, I don't want to get the cat out of the bag, but I can confirm it. I, yeah. I know for a fact that there are scouts currently watching the Canadiens' defensemen, both in Laval and Montreal. Oh. Do I think... Are they still all I in Laval? Are they still, hold
0: on. Are they still all in Laval watching or have they moved to no, Montreal?
1: No, this was uh, this was last week.
0: Oh, okay. This was last week and the week before. Okay.
1: So the, the game where uh, Montreal was playing Calgary and then they played Belleville the night before and then they played, I believe, the uh, Golden Knights the game after. Mm-hmm. That yeah. week... Everybody, there were 10 pro scouts in Laval watching their defense, and this was before Jaden strugel got called
0: up. Hmm. So, interesting, th-
1: there, there are our eyes on the Canadians' defense. So, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, just think all think goalies,
0: be- right? Because I know the Oilers were there in full force during that stretch, too, right?
1: The, the HABS games, yes, but you can tell the pro scouts that went to both the HABS games and then the Rocket games because. I went, I attended both games back to back to the chagrin of my wife. But when I, <laughs> when I went to both games, I recognized the same scouts. And so yeah. at that point you start asking yourself the question, hmm, what are you doing here? And you can over, you, Laval is not a very big arena. You can overhear the conversations. They're right next to you. And yeah, they're, they're looking at specific guys and calling out specific guys and they're like, okay, well do you know, who, who do we rate higher here? And you hear the names, Jack guy, Harris, Struble. Hmm. So in my opinion, especially with Elaine Hudson coming, especially with uh, Adam Agnstrom also possibly being part of the discussion, there is a serious need in the next year to move out at least one of these guys. So do they necessarily need to trade Arbor Jacki right this second? No, but it's... do they deal from a position of strength when the time comes? Absolutely. So if Jaden Struble shows he can handle himself in the in the NHL, has the AHL uh, ability to go down without waivers you're winning, take it easy. And yeah. then when the summer comes and you need to make a bigger trade for the offensive players, the Canadians, ne- uh, the, that certain fans think the Canadians will never <laughs> be able to obtain. There's one of your major trade shifts.
0: Absolutely. And, and a guy like Struble and Jack, I think regardless of their actual like on ice results will always hold a little bit more value in the eyes of GM. Kind of like the, uh, Oh yeah. I don't want to mention is it like, cause I always get accused of hating him, but kind of like that guy who hasn't scored this year. Um, <laughs> they're always an elevated oh yeah I don't I've been I've been told that I hate him I think right now the puck just hates him you know but uh, no I don't hate him but it's we do know that certain guys have an elevated perception around the league and guys like Struble and uh, uh, Jack I will always have a higher perceived value than their actual value I think that's, Look, that's the reality
1: let's all be clear two years ago I don't think many people would have thought he would be playing NHL games Right, and here he is playing NHL games, looking, looking, looking smooth.
0: Not out of place, uh, not at very all. Very smooth. Yeah.
1: not at all. Very smooth. Very relaxed. Uh, Arbourjackai looked very smooth and very relaxed in his first couple of games last year. It's so let's... what you call adrenaline, ladies and gentlemen. Young players get that. Heck, I get that when I go to work. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. just the first couple of days. You go over and above to try and impress and prove that they made the right decision in calling you up. It, it is a normal, normal thing. Come talk to me at Game Ten. Yeah, absolutely. that's when you kind of get to see. So, Justin Barron, same concept. That was the same thing when he first got traded to Montreal. Jordan Harris, when he first got traded, he's he having a harder year this year. Let's yeah, be honest, hard harder year. Yeah, very, very normal. Yep. The only player, in my opinion, who hasn't suffered any of these consequences Caden Gouley. is Caden Gooley, and there is a reason for that. He Which is, is a bona fide. He's a bonafide defenseman. Like he, he's a bonafide. He's
0: just better in general.
1: <laughs> let's not put a label on it, but he's a bonafide opposite the lineup defenseman.
0: I like that, the top of... Because I started mentioning that he's getting close to other guys, and you can't mention Jake Sanderson without Sense fans losing their goddamn mind. But uh, Caden mm-hmm. Gouley, and I'd say he's probably in his hard, toughest stretch right now, but the Habs are in... Yeah, but... Yeah, it's just... Context is so exactly. important. Exactly, exactly. So, um but yeah, Caden Gouley the one guy I identify. I would... This is going to be a hot take... I say Caden Gouley has a better shot at being a long-term top pairing guy than Lane Hudson. And it's not because I doubt Lane Hudson, but I think Goolie can kind of go on a top pairing regardless of who's there eventually. Whereas Lane Hudson, you need a specific guy. And I think it's going to take Lane Hudson a little bit longer to jump into the NHL and be dominant. Like I, I, I get it. I'm like the captain of the hype train. I'm always like Lane Hudson, but you know, there, he's not a perfect player. Do you see him jumping immediately into the lineup next year? Or is there some Laval rocket time? Yeah. In, in, in. We, i
1: mean my my answer to that is always let him finish the season mm-hmm. in the ncaa he's obviously going to sign his entry-level contract yeah. and join the canadians to end the season like that it's in late march or early april depending on how they do with the frozen four he'll be there mm-hmm. uh, he'll have four or five games we'll see what he can do uh, and then at that point we see at camp um my opinion though and I, I i don't necessarily disagree i think lane hudson's too smart to fail in my opinion yeah yeah but i think worst case if Hayden Gooley's the top pair of d and he's the second pair of d then you're in a good place you're right laughing. like if Hayden Gooley is good enough to be above him on the echelon then something went right with Hayden Gooley's development and i think everybody would be okay with that mm-hmm. especially trisiak who pointing out that the canadians have been outshot 18 to 21 times well you want players that are going to be pushing the puck up the other way and not get shot at. So that's probably going to be one of the major things they're going to look at is mobility from the back end and getting the puck out.
0: Because yeah, puck retrieval is big. A lot
1: of those, yeah, puck retrieval, puck, uh, successful puck ex, uh, zone exits as well, because that's the Canadians, in my opinion, their biggest backdrop is zone
0: exits. Oh, God.
1: Um, yeah. If you can fix those things on defense, you're going to shoot a lot more pucks towards the other net. Not one shot in the first period that was, Oof. you know, like – Stuff like that. So <laughs> when you when you look at a guy like Hudson, that's yeah. fine. And I'm, I'm all good with that. Then you look at the right side, right? And you start seeing Barron, for all intents and purposes, Barron has played far better than I feel like 75% of the families
0: gave him credit like, for. Like he's, he's, he's making big mistakes, I'd say. But he's also, like his mistakes are more apparent because he's playing higher up in the lineup and he's playing bigger minutes, yeah. right? But, but overall, he's more mistakes, consistent no. this year. Than last year, actually. Ever. So yeah, know, ever. yeah, um, and then and you have Engstrom, and then you have uh, or no, Engstrom's on the right, or no? I, I'm why am I drawing a black? He's on the left. left. But you still have Mayu, who's... Ryan and Reinbach, yeah, Ryan and, and Mayu right now. Look for all his defensive woes, this guy is. I think he's tenth in the AHL for shots, like total. Like this guy mm-hmm. is a shot machine. There, you know, he's he's second among all uh, defensemen, and he's in the top ten. Right, like he he's gonna take. Two times more shots than Sean Farrell this year. You know what I mean? So like he's that's still a guy that um will help their power play. And if you can ever get over those defensive issues, there's there's value there. Like I still think for all his deficiencies, my use a pretty good safe bet for the top four.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, right now he's trending for just a little over half a point per game as an offensive defenseman as a rookie in the O. That's the great. ASL. That's great. Yeah if you would have sold me that at the beginning of the season i would have said that's a pretty successful season i'm for surprised a guy who's only he's producing this much 100 yeah, yeah yeah but like 100 ohl games in four years which is nothing and he's a half point per game in the ahl and for all this for all folks that are saying like oh he's terrible defensively the canadians called up the probably the most inconsistent defenseman in laval which was
0: Matthias Norlander, in fact. Oh, I thought you were about to say Struble. I was like, no, no, no. No. He's the only one that's been reliable. (laughs) Struble is consistent. Norlander's had a tough time since he got sent down. Yeah, it was very difficult. But I think, I mean, he's played a lot better recently yeah but I like the message it's funny because this year I was, I was hyping well last year i hyped kovacevic and matheson and then going into this year i'm like norlander's looking good and trudeau's looking good and i'd say they're the four defensemen that have had the hardest time versus their expectations maybe i should just shut the hell up and like three weeks ago i come out on twitter i'm like guys that's it i'm sick of all these jokes with the power play the habs have a good power play now fuck man oh. <laughs>
1: And and you see like that's why like at one point the Canadians power play was at like 22 percent, and a lot of people were like, oh, it's fixed, fixed. It. It, it, they're scoring in unsustainable ways. Like they're, yeah. you look at other teams' power plays, they're moving the puck, they're moving themselves. If You look at the Kings' power plays today, like they're not static. They're not they're not one, static. They don't need to leave one guy in one spot. They need to move.
0: One thing we saw really was and, really cool yesterday was Struble. He actually created oh. it wasn't pre-shot movement, but he froze. Um, I forget the D. The, Blackwood he, he broke yes. his ankle. Yeah. My God, that was the nicest sell, and it gave Kovacevic enough to. And and again, Blackwood had to reset right. That was the big thing, yeah. which was great to see. We never see that.
1: It's exact, and it's exactly what they need to do more often. Is because there's it's too predictable a game, and that obviously comes with a lack of hockey sense, a lack of overall talent, but. And, and, I, and I'll and i continue to say this as we talk about what's wrong with this team, uh, it's, there's too much in the middle holding back the top mm-hmm. and holding back what should be at
0: the top. I agree. And,
1: you know, we're not going to talk about Josh Anderson. I get it. I get it. I think enough ink has been spoken He wasn't the worst player that,
0: today. He was not the worst player today, so I'll give him that. But look, he as we tied talk about the players, worst
1: player. <laughs> I, good Lord. as we talk about players that get written off, because of, you know, slow starts are here or there. Like, one player that we don't talk enough, enough about that had a really good career in the, in the QMJHL is Riley Kidney. Yeah. Riley Kidney's been riding the pine in Laval. And he got last... his chance now, though. And two goals in two games now. He just
0: scored. Oh, just did he now. score like, again tonight? Okay, because I know yesterday, in that, that's, that's obviously due to the call-ups and the injuries. But he's the guy, I'll be honest, Marco. And we're going to get to the chat uh, we're going to get to the questions. We're going to start that third segment soon. And we'll also talk about trades. But if Riley Kidney can make a pro, can get a pro career out of this, I will be, first of all, I'll be wrong. Cause I, I looked at him in the, in the queue and I was like, geez, this is not a guy that can, his skill can translate. And I kind of feel the same way about Cedric Gaidon now. Gaidon has a bigger frame. I think he's probably sees the ice a little bit better. and He's a little more intense, but it pretty much proves the point that until you get that opportunity... You can't be judging guys, right? And that's what Riley Kinney is. I mean, he, the guy still—he had what, hundred and how many points did uh, he ended up getting last year? Oh, he was—he was well over hundred. Second, he was in at scoring or something? Or I don't know. But. No
1: point per game. Point per. And game he's enough. one of the only
0: guys that really showed up um, when they played uh, Quebec, right? So that, that that or was it? Did they play Halifax? Geez, I'm already forgetting the playoffs last year. No, pretty sure they played. Pretty sure they played Halifax. Get Snow played Halifax, or did they played. De Rampart. I think Getzno played the Rampart, did they not? I forget. Either way, oh, okay. So he was one of the few guys that showed up, but hey, it, it's good to to show that when you get that opportunity, you're going to go. But I also feel like there's people are starting to criticize Oul for not liking talent because the way he used Meshack and Kidney. I'm not sure I agree with that. And we'll talk about it real, real briefly. What's your, in about 30 seconds, what's your call on J.F. Oul? In 30 seconds, tell me everything I need to know about this coach.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think JFL is in the same situation as Martin St-Louis, but if you look at what's in front of him right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you look at the lineup in Laval, this Recently. is a year where they had a ton of rookies, Yeah, and he's playing most of them yeah. in prime situations. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have your veterans, but where are they playing right now? They're Juan, playing Juan Ferrell mostly basically third. on
0: the top line with Jean. Yeah, but they're
1: playing mostly what? Third line? Fourth line? Mm-hmm. Laval defensively like Toby Paquette Bisson is playing on the second pair and then everybody else was a rookie or a sophomore. Like mm-hmm. you can't like you have two basically rookie goalies in net. You cannot have a more inexperienced lineup than the 2023, 2024 Laval rocket. And he is still sticking by them. You're not benching anybody. No. They just roll them back out, keep trying in some games. They look great in some games they don't. And it's his job to bring that consistency. But like, I can't evaluate his work 10 games into the season because if, or 15 games into the season, because last year they were an absolute mess up until November. And then they took off and ended up coming back from last until making the playoffs. And that's because certain young players developed
0: Heinemann too, came in and just dominated. Justin
1: Barron. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so like, I feel like right now we're seeing the same thing. Joshua, Hua looks good. Sean Farrell looks good, but you're hoping that other guys, Take that bump, and we saw with uh, with uh, Jane James took that bump. looked very consistent. Now we're going to see what Logan May, you can do with extra minutes, and you know the season she she is young, but um, the Swiss league season ends in the end of
0: February. Is that with the playoff? Because uh, I was we... actually talking to Tibo yesterday, and he's like, yeah, um, Ryan Bahr is going to stay there for the whole the whole playoff afterwards, and Cloten's going to be in that playoff. So I, right I was, I was hoping right he was going to come before the playout,
1: but the playout is a seven game series.
0: Okay. Okay. So it doesn't, cause I'm not too, and, too familiar with the playout, but I know it involves several it's a, teams. It's a right? seven so, game series okay.
1: that leads to an eventual relegation series. And it's just like, basically the sweet spot is that they don't finish in the final two spots.
0: Yeah. That's I'm going to go check the NL Which, standings right now. Cause I know they lost to Davos, but, uh,
1: they, but they won yesterday.
0: Yeah which was which was the they the, you know and for Ridiculous. those who are worried about Rhinebach you can go yesterday and watch i'm going to say it the the way it's i'm going to try i'm going to be that guy that's like announcing like a, i'm, I'm gonna have it. some lasagna <laughs> you know like the jackass oh, that every server hates yeah um yeah cloten's still still right there but if one more win and they're out of the playout, so uh, that's okay for those that want to know more about reinbacher you can load up our episode yesterday fantastic information from cibo chatel he really calmed my nerves because when i'm watching reinbacker he's he's looked bad i'll be perfectly honest but Thibaut tracks the data and his numbers are up this year. So that's, like, I'm watching him post-injury. The clips I've seen have been bad. But that's really taking, like, a 10 data piece out of 1,000. So if anyone that's worried, go check out um, our show with Zubou yesterday. Okay. Um, before we trade every single goalie, uh, huh. I, I, uh, Ted wants to know, is Martin Louis' lack of coaching experience really starting to show? And I'll give you my piece on it real quick. I think he's a fantastic motivator. I don't think he's very good when it comes to X's and O's. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline.
1: Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: I think it's tough to say because right? we're not there either. Like that's wow. the other part. And lineup, the lineup, the talent in the lineup is there. But I just don't see Martin Saint-Louis. Like You know when everyone said, oh, uh, he doesn't have uh, strategies. He has like, or what was it? What was his little speech there? He has like, a, instead of systems there, he has... Concepts. Concepts. That, to me, <laughs> was the biggest load of crap I had heard. And everyone was like, yeah, Martin Selouin. I'm like, oh my God, what does that mean? He he was mentioning, when he's on the ice, he see, yeah, because he was one of the best players of all time. But it's kind of like when Wayne Gretzky tried to coach guys, or Thierry Henry tried to coach the Montreal uh, uh, Impact, talent yeah. doesn't always yeah. translate, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think... I think what was refreshing was the idea that it wasn't just a box idea that is set in stone that doesn't evolve. Not just like a four man
0: collapsing or a diamond or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Exactly. It wasn't necessarily
1: just based on a tried and true um, formation. And I think that that was key, but at the same time, you know, we've seen it a lot in, in certain aspects of the media, but cool. You want to bring in these concepts. Has this team improved?
0: No. No. No they haven't. No they haven't. Now I mean I don't know what your answer because... is going to be there Marco but statistically speaking they have not.
1: No they haven't. But what like what do they need to do to improve? And so in my opinion the same problem that held them back as their season was heading going down before the injuries but might I add mm-hmm. as the season was going down is the same problem they have now is that you have guys that are underperforming that could be replaced by, let's let's call it what it is, replacement level at worst <laughs> NHL prospects mm-hmm. that have the potential to even develop further and push them in the right direction. You look at, for example, the Buffalo Sabres. The Buffalo Sabres are not where they need to be right now. They have injuries galore. But what the Buffalo Sabres do have is the ability to call up guys that can get them in the right momentum. Got so Gary Coolidge, right? Isaac just, Roshan, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: both called up today. Now they're currently playing. I don't think they're winning, but it's part of the process. <laughs> it's part of the process. So yeah, so it's a me, talent
0: thing too. Let's be perfectly It's a honest. talent thing.
1: And I think, obviously, there's going to be the... What's the word I have to say here? The ritual that is dunking on the fact Canadian did not pick Meechkov. Which I get, but that doesn't solve today.
0: I, I we would have had this conversation so in three yeah. years. Oh my right? god! Right, and, and like, but it doesn't.
1: Yeah, today is still a problem, right? No, so I, I if you look at today and you look at what this team needs, obviously they need a Kirby Doc. I think that's fair. I think the team's weakness at center is striking. Yeah, in transition, uh, I know especially. a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if there's anything the Canadians need to target between now and forever it's drafting centers with the first round picks because i think they've done more than enough of drafting defensemen over the last eight years i think they've drafted five in the first round at this point um it, it's going back to Sergey circuit Cheb, yeah circuit okay that was Cheb. the one that
0: I was missing i'm like who's yes. that yeah yeah like, it,
1: it's insane like get you're picking high pick forwards pick pick guys pick what you you're, you're team has lacked for a long time and i understand the frustrations from fans i really do but i also don't think they're done tanking either no and me I think- neither
0: yeah and that's the reality oh, check we at- need to have right now is that the montreal canadians for better for worse for better are probably headed towards the top five in a draft where you have guys like dickinson demidov um Macklin celebrini fuck man i'm oh, almost celebrini. gonna i'm gonna say like right now to me and i matt this is gonna maybe uh fuck it I see a guy who has a higher skill set than Connor Bedal, but he's not even close to like the best, the right, like all around player. But in terms of his pure offensive skill, and I know this sounds crazy, maybe I'm just Mm -hmm. falling in love with him because he's playing with Lane Hudson. But at 17 years old, he's about to destroy all the records in the NCAA. He's going to score 18 goals before Christmas. Macklin Celebrini is the type of talent that would send the Canadians or would allow them to start to look forward.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Macklin Celebrini, with all things considered, would probably have gone second overall in 2023. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think to me he was a more he's a more dynamic player than Adam Fantilli. Um, More raw talent. He's more. Yeah, and I think overall he impacts the games in more ways so far Mm -hmm. than Leo Carlson. Although Leo Carlson has developed quite nicely.
0: He's looking. He's looking
1: very. Looking really good. Yeah. But like. If you start going down the list from last year, I think that Macklin Celebrini is a better prospect today than Will Smith is today, for example. So just Even, just yeah. and Even Will Ryan Smith Leonard went fourth or, yeah. overall, or Ryan Leonard or you name it, any of the forwards. Yeah. I think Macklin Celebrini is a better player than Matt Veachkov, and and,
0: and 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 he's over a year younger. Like it's we're talking about a guy who's turning eighteen in June. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's leading for think... those that don't know he's leading the ncaa in scoring by a huge margin at 17 years old when i was 17 i was waiting in line for um a really bad star wars movie i think we had skipped like we were in oac in high school and um uh i had to uh drive my car to, to make up point to, to hang out with my girlfriend this guy is leading the ncaa in scoring at 17 years old yeah. and he's gonna end his season 17 years old like, he can jump into the I NHL think, next year, I think, I believe, honestly.
1: Exactly. And I, I honestly don't I – I mean, I don't care who drafts him. I think he's in the NHL next year. But mm-hmm. you look at – you even go down the line, right? Like, a lot of the negativity around drafting right now is the fact that people think that this is only a defenseman's draft. No, it isn't. You have Macklin Celebrini. But then right after that, Cole Iserman is going to break he's Cole the record. one that I was record. forgetting
0: about. Yeah, yeah. And remember, he's, he's not even playing uh, in Boston University. A word of five
1: – no, not yet. He's in the U.S. national development team, but he's four to five inches taller than Cole Caulfield. Like we're not talking about the same type of player here. This is going to be a fifty-goal scorer, a possibly. for, for, for a, yeah. Man. Well, I wouldn't say generational that scorer, US, but uh... I think he's going to be he's going to be one of those guys that you just cannot miss. Sorry, you cannot miss on on a lineup where he's going to be in the running for the Maurice Richard uh trophy on a regular basis. Ivan Demidov. Who many believe he's is going to be attacks. better than
0: Mishkov? I, I think.
1: Well, I think I think we'll have to see about that. But yeah. I, I think he's in the same conversation. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't seen enough of Demidov. I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I haven't seen enough. Uh, yeah, I I've like seen
0: like three games. What there, but...
1: <laughs> i like what I've seen. Yeah, but it's it's the lack of that, that to me is the biggest way the biggest issue with with looking at Russian prospects. The lack of knowledge, other than Silayev, yeah. who plays consistent minutes in the KHL. Um but you you move away from those top 3. Berkeley Catton and Caden Lindstrom in the WHL both okay. at a point and a half per game right now. And
0: they're what 6 to uh, 10? Basic
1: I would say they're pushing 4 to
0: 8 at this rate. Okay, so there's some talent to be found outside of that big top 5 then. And then
1: there's also Consta Hellenius who is ripping up. There you go. The Finnish so there, so right there's going to be got... there's going
0: to be talent available for the Habs and, and being bad this year what? is a good thing. Let's be perfectly honest. But that's, the that's, thing
1: uh, yeah. to keep in mind, Mark, mm-hmm. is I just named the forwards. Yeah. I didn't talk to you about Artem Levchanoff playing in the NCAA <laughs> almost at a point per game. I can't San use Ziggins, we'll hear I you. Shh. Shh. <laughs> so, we don't to... I, I think at this I think at this point, and I will you quote me on this and come back to me in late June, but I think at this point, if the Canadians look at this draft yeah. and pick a defenseman, depending on where they are, now we have questions to ask. Unless unless one of their big defensemen is traded for a top forward.
0: Yeah, which is other a, than that, a possibility.
1: very questionable because you can get a top forward right now. Yeah, and, and, and but, being, but your point there the is really 10? strong
0: too, though. That, that, that I mean, don't forget, everyone's gonna, and we're gonna get to the questions right now. But the the, the defenseman will go regardless, right? Even if you think a guy's twelve, he's gonna go maybe five. And <laughs> not not trying to well, say anyone specific. If you
1: if you want a perfect example, and we'll get to the questions right after this, but a yeah. perfect example is the twenty twenty two draft. Mm-hmm. 2022 draft only everybody and the only defenseman anybody wanted to talk about was Nemitz, Yerichek. Yeah. And then there was another group after that yeah. everybody placed in the teens, right? There was a certain Russian oh, that oh, you love. Kevin Korshinsky. Yeah. Kevin Korshinsky went seventh. Oh, Oop. Pavel Mintyukov went ten. Whoop. Oh, Denton Mintyukov. Matechuk went 12th. And no one that. Run on, that run
0: on defenseman goes,
1: and it goes you're on. going to see a run on defenseman, in my opinion, at the top of this draft because Ooh. there were so few of them last year so you can actually, so, teams, so that forward you look at san jose yeah. chicago mm-hmm. these are all teams that desperately need defense because they've only been drafting forwards
0: well I, I i mean i hope with all my heart and all my soul that chicago somehow falls out of the top 10 i know it's not possible but that's what i'm hoping not, for not, not with the news
1: um
0: trinka yeah shout out to the old people OEC for those that don't know OEC was um essentially 13th grade in ontario and it was they counted for your university. It was it was a party year. It was straight up a party year. We would camp in the back, and yeah, we would. My favorite thing in OAC was letting chickens loose. Cause I, I <laughs> we drive what? by a chicken farm and we grab. I was the only guy that wasn't afraid of chickens because I grew up on a farm and I just grabbed two chickens and we'd be in a in a van. My buddies Sal Shalab was and Wagon. We called it. And then we'd get into the auditoriums and just let chickens go. (laughs) And they threatened to suspend us. And we're like, fine, we'll come back next year. And then they're like, no, don't come back next year. Uh, Okay, so Leon wants to know, is it time to put Slavkovsky on that top line with Caulfield and Suzuki? So bring him back.
1: I think that the fear in putting Slavkovsky on the top line is that he will have to face the best defensive players of the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Having him on the second line is a sweet spot, in my opinion, because it allows him to not have to face the best shutdown personnel of the opposing team, therefore giving him a little bit more space. Yeah. The problem is he's playing with Caulfield. Caulfield is the guy you're that everyone's that looking at. Yeah, exactly. So he's getting it now anyway. So if you're looking at just going for it, then go for it. In my opinion, I would have I would have had Slavkovsky on that top line and stuck him there far longer than a game and a half. Uh,
0: especially with the way he's been playing late. I forgot that and, he actually played on the top line for a little bit there, you know? <laughs> like I mentioned in the think, chat and someone's like, St. Louis. So I was like, oh yeah, St. Louis. Like, or St. Louis. <laughs> I,
1: I thought I thought it was, yeah, and I thought there was, yeah, I initially thought it was St. Louis too. I thought it was good. I thought he was good in that game and I think he's been playing better now and I would argue that Suzuki Suzuki has not been playing better. In fact, the only beneficiary right now to that top line, in my opinion, has been Alex Newhook. Yeah. So yeah, my okay. my call, my call wouldn't even be Caulfield uh, with Suzuki on that top line. My
0: call would be Slavkowski's Suzuki, Newhook. Or, or or I actually just like the listen. It, it's they were playing really well together right before they got broken up. But at one point, you're going to have to learn to live without each other. You know, Suzuki and Caulfield. So mm-hmm. like they they worked well together because. They were two of the only half decent players for a while, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. But in, in an yeah. ideal lineup, I like it's I it's about balancing talent. The halves don't have enough yeah. to really stack it, right? That's the uh, Well, it's the issue like Tampa. Line.
1: Tampa used to have Braden Point and 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 uh Steven running shotgun on. with each other.
0: And, but Stanford's was on the Kose third line, was on the one second one line. Is he oh, is he exactly.
1: okay? Now he's yeah. now he's, on the, he's a winger on the second line. We're he's talking about the first overall pick who was picked to be a center. Yeah, but he's been playing wing for the last three years. Why? Because you have Sorelli as the shutdown second line center, and you have Braden Point, who's the unquestioned number one. And then Point and Kucherov are the dynamo.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So now you have to build chemistry with somebody else. So they're working with Sorelli, and that combo's worked really well. So mm-hmm. I think that's what they need to do. And we've talked about this. The Caulfield doc combination has to happen at one point or another. But you need to find, you desperately need to find who's going to play on that top line if you choose to go with that combination on your second. Yeah. And I think you need to start experimenting at this point in the season because, yes, the Canadians may be a point or two out of the playoffs, but uh, there's games in hand that they have over the opponents and the strength of their schedule. Uh, Not necessarily who they play, but how many times they play is going to catch up because at this point in time, if you look at December, three back-to-back games, seven games against playoff teams out of 10. Uh oh. Hey, <laughs> like, it, it's okay to beat guys like, uh, beat teams like San Jose. They may even win against Columbus after after showing that they had today. They may get fired up and, and win that game against Columbus. Yeah. But I don't see them, I don't see the consistency coming. So if that's the case, especially if you're going against a team like Columbus, experiment, try it. Yeah. Give it a go. See what works. Because right now, they just seem to be trying the same things. Mm-hmm. My biggest critique, and I'll say it again. Is the fact that Sean Monahan is relegated to the bottom six for some reason?
0: Sean and Monahan should be in your top six. He's 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 that guy that just gets the worst. Like uh, you know, he's like the Canadians from World War One. There, you know, like you go to Passchendaele, you go to some, you go to Verdun, like really just getting thrown to the wolves there to take care of his uh, uh his 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 great line mates, who I'm not gonna mention. Um real okay we're gonna take two more questions sorry when me and marco get into it we can like we do this on the phone for hours so we do talk a lot but we do appreciate all of you being here and uh, if you can subscribe and if you can click like and if you can't that's fine too man i just hate you forever um leon we're gonna get to leon and then jean if you have any other questions throw them in the chat we're hitting about an hour and i know marco's got to go um your better half is probably gonna be oh well there you go then if you then if you're okay i'm okay um Leon wants to know, and this is a good one, who do you have for who your your how do you do the top four in two years, your defensemen? And people have asked this a lot when I do the mailbag. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot different than people assume, and it might like when you look at three years down the road, for every decor, it's about half half turnover, you know, like half of it. So mm-hmm. who do you think is gonna be their top four out of the twenty defensemen? <laughs>
1: It's a tough it's a tough song. Because, um, like you're looking at what like okay, so
0: Harris, uh jacki Struble, Engstrom, Hudson, Reinbacher, Mayu, um Trudeau if he ever finds his game, like there's a lot of options, that's a thing, right? And you have Caden yeah. Gouley, who's there right now, so yeah.
1: I honestly I think we know or we have a very good idea of who three of them will be in Reinbacher, Hudson and Ghoulie. Yeah. And then it's a question of who rounds that up. Is it going to be a Mayu? Is it going to be a Baron? Is it, it going to be a Mike a Matheson trade?
0: type guy, which would make more sense? You know, like a, like a, yeah. yeah, a high end or, oh yeah. Okay. I like that. That's a good, those, and I so, mean, that, that's a pretty good base for your top four. You know,
1: that's it. I think what's going to make or break the Canadians to be completely honest is who's going to be on your third pair. And I yeah. know your people are going to be like, well, why does that even matter? Cause what happens if one of them gets injured?
0: Yeah, and you're paying that's your top four a, a lot team. of money. You're paying your bottom pairing not a lot of money, so they got to be good and cheap, and that's hard to find in the NHL. Like it, mm. it really, it really is. Um, okay, but if I had to give a yeah. guess, yeah,
1: I would go with Baron.
0: They really love they love Barron, and hey, guys from uh, guys from Nova Scotia are okay. Sometimes they're okay. Sometimes. I'm a good Halifax boy, so I agree. <laughs> Was it Halifax proper, or are you more of a because there's any time? My mom.
1: Uh, are you the other side of the Hammond's, bay? Uh,
0: actually i lived in, i lived at the bay
1: Area, like literally in bedford
0: you were on the that no that little defensive tour that you were literally in the island there with the, the in, in the halifax Bay. um Jasse- no, was, uh... okay we're gonna jump to this one because he loves your work on montreal hockey now thank you very much honestly appreciate it. which prospects should the habs try to move out before other teams realize they're overrated and this is something that i love talking about because you collect all these prospects tons of them oh my god all these guys a a tiny a minute amount are going to make it to the nhl so we already talked about riley kidney he's a guy that i think they probably should look to move who are the other guys that probably won't have their skill set translate to the nhl Hmm. um i I mean i know everyone's talking about luke tuck playing well this year luke tucks playing on a line with macklin celebrating and he's behind lane hudson behind him i love luke tucks effort and his points this year but He's not a guy that you see in your top six ever. Like, like no. <laughs> fourth year is getting point per game. That's kind of what Ryan Paling did, but Ryan Paling had more talent. Let's just put it that way.
1: And it was only a second or a third year, but he was nineteen.
0: Yeah, exactly. And t- yeah, so, so um, cool. who else? Would, like Cedric Guindon's one that I, I think you might want to look at moving. Even though I love my French Canadian boys, but um, do you see Guindon's skill set being good for pro?
1: I mean, I think Gagnon has, has the ability, in my opinion, the intelligence to be a smart. bar six yeah. player in the NHL. He's smart,
0: exactly. I yeah. think
1: he's too smart. He's a very smart player. I What I'm going to say is really going to piss off a lot. of oh, people, Don't say Owen Beck. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay. Right. were you going to say Owen Beck? If it gets them the top line player they need. Oh, for trade value. Okay, okay, okay. I'm yeah. saying yeah. I don't
1: think he's overrated. But I'm saying, like, I don't believe in overrating prospects that are, like, 19 and haven't shown what they can. Because if we we, if we if start labeling them as such, uh, Philip Meshar would be overrated. He's at two points per game in the OHL. Yeah, so, he's
0: leading the OHL in points per game. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, like, I it's very point. difficult for
1: me. It's diff- It's difficult for me because the Canadians, prior to this rebuild, didn't have many good prospects. And most of them, because of how young their team are, are right now, are on the main roster anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Mm -hmm. they're either in laval or in in montreal and very few are around the one that comes to mind who i don't think is overrated but would make a ton of sense if if you're looking at the way he's been playing so far is sean farrell oh and sean just
0: mentioned him in the chat right as you said that sean farrell yeah question i just saw it
1: as i said it. his, 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 his
0: playmaking is translating nicely but i totally get what everyone's saying. He's not a guy he that cannot... takes a ton of shots and he doesn't drive the play at a professional level. He's a, he's a passenger at the professional level. And I'm not saying that's, that's bad or anything, but he's there's a mitigated value.
1: Complementary offensive player.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah. If
1: there is, if there's value in moving him to a team that's devoid of offensive prospects, that's looking for a guy that could really complement and, and bring about the playmaking that's a guy that you can kind of leverage because he had such a, a following in the NCAA, NCAA career, yeah, and, and yeah. the way he played, like, and the, and he's like, there's, he's no slouch. He's been playing very well in Laval as well. So like teams yeah. have noticed. So it's not like you're he's trading a away still, a 10th, yeah. a 10th player in your prospect pool. You're trading a guy that legitimate has legitimate aspirations to the NHL. So yeah. to me, that would be a guy that's making sense. The problem that I have is the fact that we have to think hard about this. Why so? The fact that the Kin- because a team that's in a rebuilding situation should have way more in terms of legitimate prospects that you could think about. There's who- too many
0: Oliver Kappenins in the, in the kitchen right now. Well, <laughs> I mean, know? yeah,
1: I don't, I, I think that's a very much a Timmins issue and not a not a Kent Hughes problem. But Fair when you look at when you look at the team, because they've traded two first round picks and a second round pick and a third round pick and a fourth round oh, pick,
0: to, yeah, you
1: go and acquire guys like kirby doc to go to guy, acquire guys like alex newhook i don't think it's prospects they're going to move it right now i think it's going to be more of the picks they acquire and a lot of those picks in my honest opinion, haven't even been acquired yet
0: Fair ken enough. hughes yeah.
1: went and had an interview with a, a, a sports a slovakia where he said yeah. yeah i think there was a We're lot lost be, yeah. in
0: translation in that interview though because it came off just weird when you hit google translate like, well, like it. It didn't. Well, make even sense, even I mean. when
1: they tried to, even when they did the interview in English and they they did they, they did the actual outtake, uh, he said what he said. And oh, it wasn't translated. Oh
0: shit! Okay. <laughs> I don't. Well,
1: I mean, it was taken in a way that was out of context because it was at the end of the interview that he said that. Like, do we need stars? As a, kind of like a devil's advocate. Oh, and yeah, and that, yeah, and that was when he, like,
0: he also said uh, the fans are used to seeing like La Fleur and shut. Listen. They were great and they're part of the holy trinity of the Habs but they haven't played in Montreal in over 40 years. Fans want stars because stars are good. <laughs> you know,
1: it's not uh... well, they they help grow the game. They're good for the game yeah, and, and,
0: and 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 ideally
1: they help put you over the hump if you know how to build the team. Yeah. That's the problem. You can look you can point to Edmonton all you want. But I don't think Edmonton is bad because they have two superstars. Edmonton yeah. is bad because they've had two successive GMs that don't know how to surround them.
0: That yeah, they got but gifted it's... generational talents and they're just like, dur, 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 this the dumbest thing, and I'll say this, I don't get mad very often, but I'm hearing Ryan Rashog, who who's in the know in Edmonton, saying they're willing to move everything except their first round pick. All right, cool, go get yourself another, you know, Rafael Savoie that's not gonna make an impact in five years. you are gonna hold on to this while Connor McDavid He's fuming right now. This guy is clearly upset. It is mm-hmm. dumb. It, like w- w- in the NBA, first of all, he would have required he would have requested a <laughs> trade like immediately. But also they would have traded 17 first round picks just to get that one one ring. You know what I mean? So yeah, oh, yeah. I, I I'm I'm annoyed at Ken Holland right now. Like it's it's such a disservice to hockey what he's doing. Anyways, I don't want to get I don't want to step on game over Edmonton's toys or toes. Yeah. But um Ken Holland's uh bad, bad. Uh, <laughs> and and he's got peter shirelli's stink on him too so that sucks it's not entirely his fault but jack campbell wasn't signed by who, who signed was it holland yeah Of course okay. it was holland then it's his own goddamn fault this is his own goddamn ken, fault.
1: ken holland is a great gener, general manager due primarily to his swedish scouting mm. in detroit
0: yeah, and you know what? Even that's super overrated. If we're being honest, there was like three good. Anyways, yeah. Well, we won't talk about the Red But Red I mean, team.
1: when you when you draft generational talent, I mean, that's
0: well. It was Rockstrom that did that. Right now, he works for the Habs. Uh, it was Rockstrom who found uh, Lidstrom in that. Uh, set. But there was like Lidstrom, Datsuk, and then that uh, that was that was pretty much the end of their But hey, they did do a great job. But I will say this: I still think that what's his face Babcock's overrated, and so is Ken Holland. Carol uh, Bovenlander is here asking, how did the Montreal game go? Listen, we're about to wrap up, and I want to thank everyone for being here. If you could click like, I'd appreciate it. If you want to click supri- uh, subscribe, that's up to you. Carol, it was a, the worst game the Montreal Canadiens played, I think, since Martin Saint-Louis might have taken over. Is that? Am I exaggerating, Marco? Maybe, eh? Um, you
1: know maybe, because I've seen some pretty bad ones, but it's definitely the worst game of the season.
0: And this is coming on the heels of him rallying the troops, you know, really giving it to him before the California trip. And I don't know, I mean, he hit a point of diminishing returns with that, right, eventually. when You you don't want to run guys to their paces all the time. And even um, Martin say we said it, like, it's got to be worth something. I remember Joël Bouchard would, you know that skate that everyone lost their minds over? That was part of every single uh, Laval practice no matter what they gave the like semi-bag skate at the end and I remember asking Caden Primo I'm like that sucks man like it wasn't even a, wasn't even a question he's like yes it's the absolute because he made all his goalies do those win sprints at the end so yeah it's got to be worth something and I don't think you can repeat it at this point they just essentially they just got dominated um, so my child did not win they lost 4-0 Carol, unfortunately um, but I'll say this no, I don't know. I'm trying to look for Yuri Your was okay. Give me one bright point there, Marco, before we go. What was the bright point tonight?
1: I mean, I thought looking at the way that the LA Kings were playing, how physical they were, how much pressure they were putting on the Canadians. It could have been worse. Is the the that what you're going that, with? <laughs> no, the fact that the, in my opinion, the fact that Jaden Strubel didn't flinch.
0: Yes, there you go. Was that's a good to one to me. That's a good one, and and James is not very good since he's come in the league. Like yeah, just,
1: I'm not. I'm, I'm like, like I'm looking. I'm looking at progress, and you know you have the benefit of the doubt when you can see them from Laval to Montreal. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for signs of sustainability, and the way that he plays yeah. is incredibly sustainable.
0: Simple, efficient game. You know that's that's really. Much if I'm going
1: to answer Leon's question as we finish up, yeah, yes,
0: but I don't think it's Montreal's. Oh, so we're talking about Calgary's draft pick here. Yeah. And I mean, we didn't get into it, but there's been a lot of talk right now. Obviously the Oilers are looking in at Montembeau. There's a bit of a contract issue with the Habs. So if that doesn't move, what's happening right now is that um, the Habs and Montembeau, I mean, that's how it happens in negotiations. They're not really aligning with, I'm guessing that Kent Hughes, just judging by his history, this is pure assumption, is really trying to get him on the cheap. And I I totally get what Kent Hughes is doing. Listen, Samuel Mont- Montabou has been great, but he's yet to. Last year it was what? Well, he was a 906. This year is a 908. He's yet to crack 910 in his career. So let's just like, on se les there when people get offended that he might get traded. It's a great opportunity. And I'm not saying you have to trade him, but you have to look into it. So I'm glad that Ken Hughes. Is looking into it. Everyone's mentioning Claire. Yeah, Claire, I'm guessing, probably had some Thanksgiving stuff to do, but we're still gonna end it the show the same way we always do by by saying goodbye to Claire. Before Ryan Dodd asked a question. This will be the last one I throw at you. First non-goalie to be traded. Sean Monahan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, regardless, even if, I- if even if he's not producing, you can jump into your top six. You can play on the PK on the power play. He's a good in transition if you give him better than two boat anchors on his side he can produce
1: I think eventually Sean Monahan is going to get to scoring again yeah. he's oh, going yeah. to probably top out at, or he's probably going to get to about 30 points before the trade deadline which would position him for about 50 points
0: and he's going to be a 50 cheap.
1: point do dirt it all cheap. center Yeah, at 2 million dollars is going to be worth a first round pick in my opinion.
0: Oh, well, I, I want to like calm down on the whole first round th- pick thing because we got it wrong a lot. But that was with injuries, right? Right now, you're right at that at, at the at the deadline. He, he costs two million. He, he costs like thirty six dollars on the cap <laughs> at the deadline, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, okay, I agree with that. I'm going to say I'm going to throw it in that they might move a defenseman before or right around that time too but i don't be surprised as awesome. marco mentioned at the beginning of the show they're looking at that uh, excess of defensemen and but he mentioned more this summer which would make sense marco's a lot more connected when it comes to that kind of thing i think that if they get a healthy offer for one of their youngish defensemen not named Caden and they're probably gonna go and not and as marco mentioned earlier justin barron's not going anywhere he's, he's just not like they, they love him and it's it was, a left
1: shot. It's and, a left and, shot.
0: Yeah, and it's well he's a right shot, you mean. And um he was um Oh a left shot that's getting traded, yes. And he was Kent Hughes's first like big trade, I guess. So yeah, you always remember your first. Um I do appreciate Hey Marco, we went on over an hour, which is it's all good. Which is for us is like it's totally average. But yeah, Leon, as he mentions, Calgary's first round pick. That's the first I hear about 2025. that. 2025. Yeah. So, 2025. and if you want to hear about the details, you can go. I don't even understand. It's literally the most complicated trade ever done. Kent Hughes Hughes himself with all the, the details. Don't forget, Kent Hughes is the guy that got, um, oh, geez, I'm forgetting his name. What's the name of the Chicago defenseman that gets paid way too much money? Um, Seth Jones. Yes, he's the one who got Seth Jones' contract. He's the one who got Darnell Nurse's contract as well, if I remember correctly. What either one of the and who was who's the other defenseman? He's gotten a lot of people, a lot of money. He's really good in contract in negotiations. So he totally just finagled the crap out of that one. If you go to our website, Montreal Hockey Now, or if you just Google Monahan trade stipulations, you'll get an article by Marco who describes it as simply as possible, but it's kind of like describing quantum theory in in 10 seconds or less you know it's just like a insane contract by 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 kent hughes i don't like i bet you kent hughes is the least favorite guy already for gm's to deal with right now marco like and i'm not saying it's bad or anything but wow he is a tough negotiator
1: it's uh it's definitely something but i mean when you get contracts like what they signed new hook and and uh kirby Doc to (laughs) no one's gonna complain
0: well, that's the thing, and we've seen him do great with even Rafael Hervé Pinoles, and he's not playing all... Well, actually, he's playing better than his numbers, look, but it's still value in that. And, the, the you know, the dock contract, there's value in that. New hub contract, I'm still not sold on Newhook like some people. I honestly think yeah, but pretty... even
1: even at less than three
0: million dollars, this is a good value. He's putting exactly, out. exactly. I was gonna go with my whole like uh, I was gonna give the negative spin before, but yeah, you're right. Forget the negative spin. There's still value there at two million. So I, one thing we do know is that Ken Hughes is a master negotiator, and right now, he's not gonna overpay Motombo whether it's term or money. And I'm a hundred percent behind him. Like I, I, I really think we're exaggerating how much value Montabo brings to the montreal canadians right now you know so um yep. yeah and as the stone man mentions that why is the chat flaming jake allen i will say this and it'll be our closing argument actually i'm going to send it to you at the end just so you can tell everyone where you can go then you'll bring it back to me but you can never blame a goalie when you get shut out i don't care i don't care if you would have allowed 55 goals jake allen tonight was abandoned by his defense. The Habs allowed the Kings to take the zone with the greatest of ease. It was like the auto bond out there. So you never... Like, yeah. Two of the goalies were, two of the goals were weak. They should have never even made it into that zone. You know? Christian Dvorak made his nicest pass of the season to Kevin Fiala. You know? That's the issue. So, yeah. I'm with you, man. Maybe it's because I'm a former goalie. But you never blame the goalies when they get shut out. All right. So, one last plea. If you could click like. Click subscribe. But also... Come back on Wednesday, Uh, they're playing Columbus and I'm guessing Johnson will still still be in the the AHL because Columbus doesn't like him. But that will be Ian Boivier will be on that show with Andrew Berkshire. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I've been with you four or five times in a row and you've had to look at this thing for four or five games in a row. So I apologize. But I do thank absolutely everyone for showing up. I'm going to say bye, Claire, even though she's not here, which is suspicious. Neither is Kay. Very suspicious. Uh, but we do have a lot of our regulars, which is appreciated. And we do have Marco D'Amico, who you can catch on TSN 690, uh, every single radio outlet, French or English, uh, and on Montreal Hockey Now. And they can find you on Twitter. Marco, what are you working on right now?
1: Uh Man. There's definitely been some smoke to the uh, there's definitely been some smoke to the fire that the Canadians are being followed. So I've been trying to do a little bit of a homework on that. So I divulged a little bit on the show, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we may have a little bit more to talk
0: about uh, over the next couple of weeks. I, I love that, well, I, yeah, because you're really good at, at getting that information. I just kind of sit here and wait till someone tells me, you know, and that's why I get almost squat. So I do appreciate your hard work on there, and uh, we'll have you back in the second second half of the season. So thank you very much. And as who was it that mentioned right off the bat? I was, uh, you know, Andrew's got some competition for for best bald right now. Um, because Andrew Andrew took the plunge, eh? So he's gone. He's. Like, I saw it. I saw it. I applauded him for it. <sighs> I still think you pull it off a lot better. If I'm being honest, Andrew got like that angry, angry. Um, what do you call that TV show that was repetitive with all the bikers there, Sons of Anarchy? He looks like an angry Sons of Anarchy extra, but he's the most. Loving, like, bear out there, you know, so it's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. uh, great dad and great person, Trinka, Leon, everyone, all our awesome guests, as per usual. Jean, thank you for joining the fold, and Ryan, we will see you on Wednesday. Um, I appreciate everyone for being here, even after that stinker game. And once again, make sure you go check out all of Marco's work. Very much in the know, very much in the know, not in the know in the know so we appreciate you on that thank you very much Marco and we'll see you in the uh, second half of the season
1: sounds like a plan guys everybody have a good night
0: bye Claire bye